Hi, this is Pastor Chris from Pure Church in Fort Pierce, Florida. We want to welcome you to our new series called Surrender, Taking Off the Old and Putting on the New, where Pastor Nick talks about the process of surrendering our lives to Jesus and living a life pleasing to God. We hope you enjoy the series, and don't forget to join us in service every Sunday at 11 a.m. So over the last few weeks, we've been talking about surrender. Say surrender. And, you know, it's n- if you don't surrender, you're not going to see change. Say, so I've got to surrender. What does surrender mean? Surrender means somebody puts a gun in your back, you lift your hands up. You cease resisting. You yield and you come into submission. Look at somebody and say, when you surrender, you cease resistance. You yield and you come into submission. That's what surrendering is. And we need to stop fighting God. And we need to yield to God. And so we've been talking about the process of surrender. And we've been talking about what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Because that's what we all want to be. That's why we got saved. We heard the gospel. And we decided that we were going to follow Jesus. Jesus was going to come and live in our hearts. And we were going to live according to his principles. We were going to start living according to the word of God. We're going to do the things that Jesus does. We're going to to be his hands. We're going to be his feet. We're going to be changed and we're going to be transformed. We're going to be renewed. We're letting go of the old. Say, I'm letting go of the old so that I can grab hold of the new. And we want to see some old stuff die and we want to see some new things come. But if you're going to walk away from something, it means you need to turn your back on it. Currently, you're looking at it, but now you need to turn your back on it. And you need to set your focus into a new direction or onto something different. So you have to change what you're looking at. You're going to have to let some things go. You're going to have to step out of what's comfortable, and you're going to have to step into something that you maybe have never done before, you've never seen before, you've never experienced before. And that's a challenge. Because we like what's comfortable. Who likes comfort? Yeah, we all do. But you know what? Change is so good for us. And sometimes we think that there's nothing better than what we have right now. But I want you to know that God has got greater things for you in this next season. Look at the person next to you and say, there's greater things for you in this next season. Say, I know it. One of my favorite scriptures is Romans chapter 12. Let's take a look at Romans 12. And today we're going to finish up this uh, series on surrender. And so a lot of what I'm sharing with you is going to be a recap of what we've spoken about over the last few weeks. Romans chapter 12 verse 1 says, And dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind you will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship Him. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. I love this part. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, 
which is good, pleasing, and perfect. And so what God is asking us to do is He's asking us to surrender our bodies. He wants you to surrender this temple to Him. That means you're not going to do the things that the world does. You're not going to copy the behaviors and the customs of the world system. Even as Selena is talking to us this morning, she doesn't do credit cards. She pays things with cash, right? That's just something that you do when you live in the world. You're 15 years old, and then suddenly your parents start getting uh, invitations in the mail for you to get a credit card. And you can build their credit by getting them a card. It'll only cost you $500 with a 27 29% interest rate. But you're building credit. Why do you have to live by credit? Why can't you live by just having the overflow and paying for it cash? Ooh. Have we been trained to live in a debt system? Look at the person next. You say, next year, we're breaking out. Say, I'm breaking out. Say, the borrower is servant to the lender. And I'm not servant to anyone but Jesus. So don't copy the customs and the behaviors of the world. There's the way of the world, but then there's the ways of God. And we need to learn the ways of God. And we need to make the decision that we're going to surrender our physical bodies and we're going to lay them on the altar and we're not going to do what other people do. We're going to live differently. We're going to live separated. We're going to live holy. We're going to be living to please the living God. Can you say amen? That means we're going to live lives of faith. We're going to read the Bible. We're going to learn principles. We're going to learn how to do things God's way. And that means you have to give up the old way to grab hold of the new way. But if you're stuck living in credit cards and you're told you got to cut those things up, that hurts because that's what you're used to. And so there's change that has to happen when it comes to living God's way. It means we have to walk away from some people. But they're my friends. Yeah, they're your friends, but they take you to the wrong places. You're at the wrong place with the wrong people doing the wrong thing at the wrong time, and you wonder why there's trouble. Say, trouble chases sinners. Why? Because you're always in the wrong place with the wrong people doing the wrong thing, and you get caught up in stuff you shouldn't be caught up in. And so when you're surrendering, what does that mean? That means that you put God first. You put God in the center. You make a decision, I am living for the Lord. That means I'm not missing Sundays. Come hell or high water, I ain't missing it. As for me and my house, we're going to the house of the Lord on Sunday. You live in my house, you're coming with me. Oh, you don't like that. Okay, go find somewhere else to live. Trust me. They're coming. Because you're paying for everything. It's not an option if you feel like it. Raise them in righteousness. Train a child in the way they should go. There's no option. And if you need Pastor Chris and Warden Jesse, they can come by. 
Yeah, when your teenage boy gets old enough to tackle you, you might need Warden Jesse. But you're going to come to the house of God and you're going to put God first. And listen, if something wants to interfere with you and your commitment to the Lord, that thing's got to go bye-bye. That's what it means to stand. That's what it means to not be distracted by other things. The things of the world wanting to pull you into different things. It's amazing to me. People come to church broken, like panic. Hit the God button. Jesus, help me. And after a little while of coming and crying and getting prayed and starting to live right and put God first, suddenly prosperity is flowing and the goodness and they're healed and they're happy and they're full of joy again. But then they decide, I'm feeling good. I'm just going to go back to living the way that I used to live. Just like a dog returning to its vomit. And then, I'm sorry, that was graphic. But it was biblical. That's in the Bible, by the way. Jesus is pretty wild. <laughs> and then you think, because things are good right now, I can go back to those places and everything's going to be fine. No. You're just setting yourself up for another round of beating. And you're going to rock up here several months later, black and blue, bleeding, in pain, in the spirit. And... You are going to be at the altar one more time crying and saying, God, help me. Look at the person next to you and say, don't wait for tragedy before you turn your life around and begin to seek the Lord. So I've got to come out of living in the world. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. You've got to disconnect from the spirit of the world and being rebellious towards the things of God. The spirit of the world fills the children of disobedience. They refuse to obey God. You do not want to be a child of disobedience. Disobedient children, they're never happy. They're always in trouble. You're preaching right to me. You know, people, people meet me after the service and they'd be like, man, you were talking right to me. How did you know? I didn't. You started giggling when I mentioned something. and So say, I'm not a rebel. I'm not disobedient. And so what you have to do is you have to surrender your life and say, God, I am building my life on the rock, on a solid, firm foundation. And when the, I know when the winds and the waves come, it doesn't matter what comes against me. At the end of that storm, I will be standing. Me and my house will be solid. And you don't need the storms of life to take you out. You want to be able to stand through every test and everything that you face. But you cannot stand there in your own strength. You have to build your life right. And that means you have to surrender. And it's a continual process of surrender. Say it continues. You guys have got more stuff you've got to let go. So we've got to get out of the ways of the world, and we've got to discover the ways of God. We've got to set ourselves on a firm foundation. We've got to put God in the center, and we say, nothing is going to interfere with me and the Lord. I'm making a commitment, and I'm standing there. Can you say amen?
And you know what? The lure of wealth, the desire for other things, all of this stuff is coming. Don't let it distract you and pull you. Keep God at the center of your life. As a married couple, if you're married, you know, the Bible tells you what kind of spouse to look for. Don't beat yourself up. Find the right one. Don't do shortcuts when it comes to this thing. Because on the back end, you're going to be suffering. And as a married couple, make the decision that you're serving God together and that you're going to lead your household. That means you have a personal walk with the Lord. Your spouse has a personal walk with the Lord. And you keep God at the foundation of your marriage. And you don't let anything come between that. I don't care what job opportunity comes up. Don't let it pull you away from the things of God. No amount of money is worth it. Trust me. Because when your marriage fails and your household falls, an extra two bucks in your paycheck, come on. Say, I'm not doing it. We've got to come out of living in sin. Say, sin. We've gone over this. Galatians chapter 5, verse 19. It talks about all the sins of the flesh. Sin feels good for a moment, for a season. But it's going to bite you. There's a price coming, a price you're going to have to pay for living a sinful life. And I don't have to tell you what sin is. You know what sin is. Using your body in a way it was not intended to be used. Doing things with your body that is not pleasing to God. And maybe you grew up in a household where everything was whatever. But when you come into the family of God, there's adjustments that need to be made. And we don't condemn you. But we're not going to let you just stay and live in that place. We're going to encourage you to move forward. Why? Because sin is a thief. It comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And if you're living that life, you're not going to inherit what God has for you in the kingdom. There's things that God wants to give you, but as long as you're practicing sin, you can't enter into those things. Because they're keeping you from the blessings that God has for you. So you have to make a decision. I'm walking out of the world, but I'm also walking away from a sinful lifestyle. And I, I can't come into your house and force you to do anything. You have to make the decision that you're going to let stuff go. You know what's good for you and what's not good for you. Your children are watching you, by the way. And you are training them. And the last thing that you need is your kids calling you a hypocrite. You come to church on Sunday, we live one way in front of people, but then you go live another way at home. I love you. But we can't stand here and condone sin because it's just going to hurt you. And we know this, but sometimes we're gripped by it and we can't get free. So what do you do when you're gripped? We have an altar. Say there is an altar. It's a place that you can come to where you can say, you know what? I am bound by this thing. I can't let it go. I want it out of my life. I'm done living this way. But you have to come to the place where you say, I'm done. You have to cross that line and say, this is going behind me. And until you make the decision in your heart, you're not really looking for breakthrough. And you're not going to find the breakthrough you're looking for. But there is the power of God and the blood of Jesus that can set you free from any bondage that you're bound to. 
But you've got to make a decision, I'm done living that way. What are some of those things? Living together with somebody that you're not married to is out of order. Get it in order. Don't have no man or no woman in your bed that you're not married to. Oh, you're meddling. No, fix it. You say you want to live right, fix it. Well, you know, I grew up that way. It's fine. It's not fine. Getting drunk is not fine. You don't need a glass of wine every day for your health. It's just for my health. Helps me sleep at night. Really? If you get your heart clean, you'll no longer have turmoil in your mind. And you won't need drugs and alcohol to put you to sleep. And then cups of coffee and everything else in the morning to crank you up. I don't have any problems with people that live sin. I don't have problems with a sinner. I'm not against sinners. But we don't condone their lifestyle. And if you say you're moving forward with the things of God, you have to say goodbye to the sin life because there's power in the blood of Jesus and at the altar to break you free from that stuff so that you're no longer bound by it and now you can live right before God. And that stuff is stealing your life. It's pleasure. It's fun. But it hurts. And you've got to come out of it. Look at the person next to you and say, make the decision that you're coming out of sin. I'll say this. Children get abused when they're young. They get sexually abused. They get physically abused. When a child is exposed to pornography at a young age, it ruins them. It steals something from them. And it starts planting seeds for a lifestyle that is not right. And when you've been abused, you need to be set free from that thing. There is a, there is a spirit that attaches to you that is foul, that is unclean, that is perverted, and it needs to go from your life. And we need to deal with that thing because that thing will only grow and get stronger and it will cause you to live a certain way. What comes with it? Drugs, alcohol, just living a sexual lifestyle, whatever you want to do goes. And that's, that's rooted from those things. And we need to break it off your life. Can you say amen? God wants to clean you up. We come broken, but he fixes us. You grew up in a household where there's a bunch of anger and fighting and division and dissension and jealousy. Yap, 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 yap. Everybody always yap, 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 yap. Control, manipulation. A little thing called Jezebel. Controlling, manipulating to always do what they want you to do. And if you don't, then they use all kinds of stuff like, well, I'm going to kill myself. Play with your emotions to get you to bend to their way. You're not living under that. Say, I'm not living under that junk. 
And you've got to make a decision. I'm coming out of all of the mess of my forefathers and my family line and the sickness and disease. You might have had a heart attack, but I'm not having one. I'm going to walk in divine health. You may have been abused, and I may have, but I'm getting clean today, and my kids are not going to live in that lifestyle. I am moving out of sin. I'm moving out of everything that sin did to me while I was trapped in Egypt. And I'm coming out of that place and I'm moving into the wilderness where I'm going to have encounters with God. And God is going to fix me. He's going to clean me and He's going to show me things to come. I'm coming out of what I was in. I was born into it. I didn't have a choice. And stuff happened to me that I have no control over. But you have control now. And you can make a decision now that I'm not living it anymore. And I'm not going to have some howling hound dog keep pulling me back into something that I used to live in. I am moving forward with God. I am no longer a sinner. I'm no longer unclean. I'm going to get cleaned up, fixed up, and I'm moving forward. So I'm letting go of the old. And I'm pressing into the new. And so there's power available at the altar. Look, I don't judge other ministers, but if all you're going to have is a program, people are never going to get free. We are not program-driven. We are presence-focused. And the Lord spoke to me in 2009. He said, you're going to have programs or you can have my presence. And I'm not doing some cookie-cutter thing to cattle people through here. So that you can clock your card in on a Sunday and feel like you went to church and did the righteous thing. But your life's a mess. There is power at the altar to get fixed, to get set free, to get cleaned up, to get healed. Can you say amen? amen. But you got to decide if you want it or not. It's available. So I'm coming out of sin. I'm coming out of the effects of sin. And then there's religion. Oh, my Lord. I think religion in some ways is worse than sin. Because what religion does is it makes you think you're righteous, but you're still living in sin. It's a trap to keep you bound. You're doing all these things, but you're not getting free. And so it's like a covering. It's like when they take the corpse and then they doctor it up. And they lay it in the coffin. It might look fine on the outside, but it's dead on the inside. And that's what religion does. It makes you look like everything's fine on the outside, but on the inside, filled with dead man's bones. Religion is practices without the presence. It's a form of godliness. There's no power in it, and it doesn't transform you, and it doesn't change you. And everybody thinks there's multiple ways to God. And Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And nobody, that means nobody, comes to the Father except through me. And there's a heavenly Father that knew you before you were formed in the womb. And we're going to go through phases and stages of life. But you came from the Spirit into the womb, and you moved from the womb into the natural. And when you die, when you take off this old garment... You're going back into the spirit and you're putting on a glorified body. And I'm looking for my body. Because ain't nobody got a body like my body. 
Thor. That's what I picture in my mind. And so when you start this journey of coming out of this place we call Egypt, say Egypt, slavery to sin, a place of bondage, uh, under, living under fear. That's what Egypt is. That's what it represents. And God delivered the people out of Egypt. He brought them through the wilderness and He put them into the promised land. And so we're coming out of everything that happened to us while we lived a life under the power of sin and death. You are driven by fear every single day. Think about it. You wake up every morning, and it's like a rat race. And you're afraid that if you don't do all the things that you have to do, your whole life is going to fall apart. Living in fear is horrible. But God wants to deliver you from fear from the bondage of fear. The love of God wants to come into you, say the Holy Ghost. He wants to come on the inside of you. He wants to give you clarity of mind. He wants to break fear off you. And He wants to give you power so that you have self-control. And it's just so easy. You've got to surrender to God and make a full surrender and make a full commitment. I remember when I was 16 years old, I was a teenager. I grew up in a household that was um, divided. A divided household is a breeding place for sin. A breeding place for rebellion. A house without God at its roots is a breeding place for rebellion. And I came out of one of those homes. I love my parents. They fed me, they clothed me, they put a roof over my head, they educated me. But our home was divided. And when I left home, I left home angry, bitter. Even though at 16 I encountered Jesus, had a powerful encounter with God. I used to go to a Catholic church, and I was faithful to go to Catholic church. I loved the Lord. But I didn't know that I actually had to accept Jesus into my heart. I didn't know that I could have a relationship with God. I just saw him every Sunday hanging on the cross. The white robe around his waist. A little blood out of his hands and down his head. And I had a powerful encounter with God that shifted me and changed me. And I realized at 16 that God was real. But just because I knew God was real, it didn't mean that I changed my lifestyle because I had all this bitterness and all this junk still in my heart. And when your heart is filled with bitterness and pain and anger and resentment, that stuff has to be cleansed. You can give your heart to Jesus, but if your heart isn't clean, that stuff's going to manifest. And so from age 16 to age 23, I went down that road. I knew Jesus was real, but I didn't surrender my life to him. I was still living my own way. And it wasn't until I lost everything and my life was almost over, died, almost died multiple times in a season, that I surrendered. 
I lost, I had to lose everything to to surrender my life. Don't wait till you lose everything. Don't live in compromise. Hand your life fully over to God as a living sacrifice. Make a commitment to put it all into Jesus. Lose your life and live the life He has for you. I can only tell you this. you got to make the decision to do it. But it takes full surrender. Otherwise, you're not going to live in the things to the fullness of what God wants you to have. God can't restore you if you keep drinking poison. Think about it. You go to the doctor. The doctor says, stop smoking. Your lungs are deteriorating. Well, what do you do? You just go out there and once again, you carry on doing the thing that you know you're not supposed to do. You can't blame God. You can't blame your parents. You can only blame yourself. And we've got to come out of the life that brings destruction. We've got to come into the life that brings us abundant life. Can you say amen? I'm just so glad to be a part of your family. No matter what you're going through, I got you and you got me.